Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series, and in this case, Batman Beyond. My name is Clay McCormick. With me, as always, is Sean Murphy. How are you doing, Sean? I'm excited to be here face-to-face. Yes. And uh, and the thing that I'm noticing now is we're both wearing our Cobra shirts. Yes. The sweet, sweet, terrible Stallone movie from the 80s. Yes. We're not wearing G.I. Joe shirts. Not that Cobra. No. And we're not representing the overpriced healthcare system. That's fair. Yeah. Why, why would you wear that shirt? I don't know. You know, it needs coverage. I feel like with Cobra, I love the idea of the movie. I like the posters. I'm a Stallone fan. Mm-hmm. But I, I almost want to make a comic about that that looks like the movie I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. You know? Just putting pizza with scissors. <laughs> Just a pizza massacre. Keeping your gun parts in the fridge in an old egg carton. Is that where you... I've seen it for a while. Yeah. The yeah. movie is a lot of fun, but uh, it there's, there's, a, there's a tell, I think, for a lot of movies, especially movies that have, like, badass-type characters in it, when they're really yeah. reaching to make these characters interesting, yeah. and that's when they make them really quirky. Right. They give them lots of quirks. Right. Like, uh, in, this, in Cobra, he's... Puts the pizza with scissors. He yeah. keeps his gun parts in the fridge. Yeah. He's constantly talking about food. Yeah. There's just, it's these little kind of yeah. hacky things that they try to make the guy interesting because yeah. there's not really much of a character there. I was telling you earlier that I feel like Stallone would write a really great book on film and how to make great films because I think he's capable of that. Mm. But then he makes a lot of films that's really, really bad. And I, I have a hard time squaring the fact that he seems to say a lot of brilliant things about making movies. And he's yeah. like a one-man production team in a lot of ways, right? Mm. Then again, he does a lot of garbage, too. Yeah. And I don't know how to, to describe that. There's there's lessons in garbage, too. Yeah. Lessons in the garbage. As long as you're... <laughs> if he's got enough distance on it that he can pull something uh, interesting or important out of it, I guess it was worth it. Yeah. And never... never Take a bet or listen to anything Arnold Schwarzenegger tells you. I think is what you what you take away from that. Do you think that's real? That Schwarzenegger sort of uh, fooled him into doing bad movies, or do you think that's revisionist history and Arnold trying to dunk on his friend? I know. I mean, Schwarzenegger has said that that was what happened, but whether or not he made that story up, I don't know. We're talking about don't uh, sleep for my mom will shoot. Right. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly. In order to to make Stallone look like an idiot, yeah, Schwarzenegger said he was going to do that movie, right? And then Stallone was like, "No, I got to get to it first. right? And uh, right, Schwarzenegger he, sat back and laughed at him. So he screwed with them like he screwed with Lou Ferrigno, yeah, and pumping iron, or how he screwed with Jesse Ventura on Predator. So he's it's not a, he's yeah. not above messing with people. Huh. <laughs> trying to think of a segue. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of messing with people. <laughs> Uh, the two episodes we're talking about today are Revenant and Babel. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Revenant. All right, Revenant, written by Hilary J. Bader, directed by Kyung Won Lim, 
In this one, after a series of unexplained events, all the kids in Terry's class think that the ghost of a dead student is haunting their high school. But Batman soon discovers the real cause, Willie Watt, who has developed powerful new psychic-slash-extrasensory abilities. And at no point does he fight a bear, like in the other Revenant. What have you thought? So like Revenant and Babel, both of these episodes have semi-biblical names. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he gets his power from the golem. Yeah. Which I completely forgot about. Yeah, so Willie Watts was this kid, nerdy kid who was connected to his dad's construction Gundam. <laughs> and he used him to get a girl or something like that, right? Yeah. And now he's been in JV, locked up, and he's jacked. Still has a ball cut. Yes. Uh, and uh, he's been, I guess, escaping to use his psionic powers to... Yeah, well, well, he hasn't been escaping. He's been doing it from the cell, I think. He's oh. been, I think. Because Batman, Terry asks him why he doesn't just escape. And he's like, well, right. I'm going to be out of here in two months anyway. But right. has he been, I don't think he's been escaping at night to do it. Well, he was able to fly through the window. And I, I thought maybe, he, so, all right. So he's 12 miles from Hill High. Yeah. He can move things from that distance. That's like Jean Grey level. He's incredibly powerful. Yeah. This kid's. <laughs> I feel like this is the second episode where someone has powers where they're way overpowered. I think, wasn't was it Mind Games? Yeah. Was it the last one? Moving things around with your mind 12 miles away from a school seems like Jean Grey level yeah. hero clicks ability. Like, that's like a level five or something, right? Yeah. I forget what the levels are, mutants. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I only knew. I only know the backs of the Marvel trading cards. And okay. It's been a long time. <laughs> Let's expand beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got uh, he's got very intense powers. Um, the first half of this episode feels like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode to me. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Because um, it's about a bunch of kids in high school who think they're dealing with a ghost. Right. A ghost that apparently makes everyone super horny. Yeah. Because these girls are into this supposed ghost, mm. the uh, the ghost of Garrison Jacobs, I think this is his name, which has nothing to do with the actual ghost. It's all, no, it's no, all. it's just a complete yeah. story about a kid who was killed while they were building the East Wing. Right. <laughs> Wait, did we ever find out how this kid died? No, no, just fell in a manhole or yeah, fell some construction accident. I guess it happens. Yeah, high school's dangerous, man. Yeah, it's not just bullies anymore. But yeah, all, uh, all the girls are getting really into uh, the prospect of there being a poltergeist. There was a, one a sexy poltergeist. The girl with the white hair. First of all, there's a few girls when they have towels on their heads, they all look the same. Yes. <laughs> and one was talking about him, and she had a, a thinly veiled sex reference. I can't remember what it was. No. I remember looking over you in the couch. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. They get a little bit, a little bit spicy. Yeah, it's welcome to blank my blankety blank. Ba yeah, ba sorry, it's like, it was so hot we had to beep it. Like just exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they animated her hand over her midsection while she was saying it, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that most of the people who work on these shows are secret pervs. I think yeah. we always find a way to make sneak in little pervy details. I think. Uh, yeah, the, the girls really get, they do a seance, um, that's ruined by Seth Green as Nelson, who I assume is returning as that character from previous Willy Watt episode. So, Seth Green, mm -hmm. does he, like, um, uh, have one of those, the syndrome where he doesn't age? 
I, it seems like it. What does he look like now? He looks like Seth Green. The same? Yeah. He's been, for the last 30 years, he's got um, the 70s show that the kid did age. Gary Oldman. Nope. Nope. Uh, Coleman? Thank you. <laughs> it's not racist. I'll edit this out. This is fine. Very Coleman disease where you don't age or something. Yeah. Oh, wait. Webster? Are you thinking of Webster? Now he's racist. Is that because I, I can't remember which one is which. Either way, no, I get Webster, your point. I don't know what happened to that kid. Keep talking, I find out. <laughs> but yeah, Seth, Seth Green's back. I mean, he there, he's one of two recognizable voices in these two episodes. Um, oh, actually, uh, the principal of the school is Getty Watanabe, who plays uh, um, is it? He's 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 the the Japanese guy who's in all the uh, 80s movies, right? Um, oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. He was in he's in UHF. He's the karate guy in UHF. He show, he pops up and stuff all the time. Holy shit! So Webster's real name is Emmanuel Lewis. Mm-hmm. He's fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. He's four foot three now, mm-hmm. and he looks like my black lesbian friend. He does. <laughs> I can't wait to talk with him. Um, I thought Gary Oldman. Coleman had a similar. He might. I don't know. Election. I'm not sure. I'll look, look that up. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, Coleman, you said. Who's Gary Oldman? What? Who is Gary Oldman? He's nobody. He's Felicia Gordon from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's not a short black dude. No, he's not. He did once play a little person in a movie once, which was very strange. So Gary Coleman. Oh, I didn't know he passed away. He died at 42. Mm-hmm. Um, 2010. You know, I, I do kind of remember that now. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. I don't know if he had a, a disease or a handicap. I don't know the right way to say it. Anyway, let's talk about something positive. Yeah. Uh, how does he How does he get these powers? I don't remember what happens at the end of the episode. He was controlling this Gollum robot Gundam thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I assume that he got struck by lightning or... Sure. Thing and yeah. And then he stayed, he just got a buff on his own. Yeah, old fashioned. Yeah, Terry Terry goes to see him at, at at Juvia, wherever he is, and he's ripped. Yeah, he is. Uh yeah, it's a weird what do you what do you think about bringing him back? This character. It's a weird way to bring him back. You kind of missed the big Gundam. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of it's kind of part of the deal. Yeah. Now he's like Gene Gray. Uh, I feel like they turned him from um, whatever he was into a new character. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if he did this, I just would like to have seen the Gundam worked in. But... Yeah, it's. I'm surprised that they gave him these new powers that were completely separate from the the big mech monster. Yeah. Because you would think it would be more like if he gets struck by lightning or whatever, now he doesn't need the helmet to control the movement. Like he can, yeah. that's where his powers, what his powers are. Yeah. Localized to the giant mech monster. Yeah, like being having Gene Gray abilities over a big mech is already pretty powerful, but having him have these abilities over everything yeah. is a big leap. Yeah, I would like to see a version of this where the giant mech shows up to school. Yeah, and all, and all the girls think it's the ghost of a sexy guy. Yeah, <laughs> in the shower, it's like, oh, he's so hot. <laughs> this giant mech writing things in the the mist. Yeah, he's, he's a lot. Bi- he's a lot bigger and mechanical than he looks in the yearbook photo. <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm not a big fan of overpowering characters. Like I feel like uh, limiting characters' powers and handicapping them mm -hmm. is helpful to the narrow the scope yeah. of the plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if someone's too powerful, I, I kind of get lost in that, yeah. honestly. It's strange that they chose this guy to do this story. It's, yeah. I assume they only chose this guy because he's a returning character and that kind of is important. He's a guy who was like a, a, a twerp who was picked on and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like you could do this with anybody, really. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. What about the character whose dad is underground? Uh, it looks like Clayface. Oh, it's yeah. Part of the rock. Mm -hmm. So you can make rock monsters and do things. Mm -hmm. I feel like that character is powerful enough to pull off some of the boogeyman. The, the, um, the, guy, the guy who's underground? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His daughter was sort of an innocent bystander and all this. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's other people that I feel like could have pulled this off a little bit more more convincingly. Yeah. Than this nerdy kid who was friends with a Gundam. Yeah, it's a weird pull, and it kind of um, points to something I'm, I want to talk about a bit when we do the next episode about the villains on the show. Yeah. Um, I see you writing stuff down while we're watching. Always take notes. That's impressive, man. You take this shit seriously. Uh... Speaking of villains, uh, Terry is in the Batcave playing fetch with Ace on the edge of a cliff, which I thought was a little bit irresponsible. You know what? He's a teenager, man. <laughs> You're not going to get everything out of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get uh, Bruce. <laughs> we get Bruce talking about how he has experience with demons and witch boys. Which I know is a reference to the Etrigan episode. Yeah. It sounds very strange when then, you say it. Like. He said zombies, too. He does say zombies. And I was like, what is that? And I thought, okay, Rachel Ghoul. There was a TAS episode where there's a flashback to Egypt, and there was like a zombie-looking queen character who's... So, mm. okay. <laughs> but then Bruce goes, I don't know. This feels very high school. Well, really weird coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Well, what's, what's fun about that scene, too, is when it starts... Bruce is the one, you know, Terry's talking about this ghost, and Bruce is the one who's like, you don't actually believe it's a ghost, do you? And he's like, well, what? You don't believe in ghosts? And you would think him to be like, of course not. He's like, no, I do. Yeah. yeah. I've fought zombies and witch boys and demons. I've seen it all. Yeah. You should have said, you know it's a ghost, right? <laughs> because I've seen witch zombies and witch boys and what I've heard. Ghosts are real. I would tell you otherwise if I knew. Yeah. You're right. Bruce's setup did not match the payoff in the direction that he took the rest of his <laughs> rest of his comments. It is pretty funny though, because I, it's almost like no, I believe in that stuff, but this isn't that. Wow, this is serious too. This isn't like zombies and witch boys. No, no. Um, yeah. So overall, I don't know. This one's fine. Um, yeah. it's got a really sad ending for Willie, uh, where he's. He's kind of a he's just a kind of a pathetic character who yeah. ends up in this another lockup, but now he's got a weird hat that he wears that limits yeah. his powers. Yeah. So I'm struggling to find something I want to draw in there. Yeah. Well, I might want to draw him in a cell with his weird wondery hat, which crosses him, which isn't that great, yeah. honestly. I don't know what else I'd yeah. Nothing set out for me. I would draw Terry playing fetch with Ace and make sure that Bruce is like, what are you doing? You know, dogs aren't that smart. They will jump over cliffs for or whatever he's throwing at him. Yeah. You know, can I also say, I think that Bruce's outfit is not good enough. 
He's wearing a suit with like a low rectangle V mm-hmm. low tie. And he's just this like Yeah, with a cane. He's just like this lanky scarecrow, nothing. I don't know. I feel like that his costume would have been costume. His suit, whatever the hell he wears all the time, would have been better. They slightly more dynamic. He looks a little bit like paper doll thin. Mm. You know? I don't know. Well, do you think he's supposed to look frail? Right. Do you think he's supposed to look old but still powerful? Well, he doesn't look old but still powerful. Like, I know he's powerful because he's Bruce, but right. he looks pretty waifish. Yeah. That's the right <laughs> Yeah. Do you think that's by design or do you think that's a mistake? Uh... I don't know. It's by design, but I don't think it works. I'd rather see him smartened up a little bit more mm-hmm. in a suit. I mean, you can have him be frail and have a better design to his the, the clothes he wears. Yeah, you still have him bent over, cane, and you know, like I drew Bruce as um, it, with Scott Snyder. There was a detective number twenty-seven. We did a short story, Twelve Ages, and Bruce was Mfuni from. Um, oh, sure. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So we had a man bun and a beard and all that. He's missing an arm. And mm-hmm. I drew him in this gi or this uh, monk-like Japanese outfit. You know, it was in the script. It wasn't my idea. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, I still drew him bent over and frail, small and hobbling through like a, like Yoda in a way. Mm-hmm. But it just looked better. He didn't look like a flimsy, half-designed suit. Yeah. What do you think? Excuse me. Um, kind of... I always kind of liked his design in this. Jeez, excuse me. Um, let's see. I, I, I do like that he's... Uh, pull it up. You keep talking. He's recognizably old, yeah. but he's still got a looming presence because he's so kind of arched over on the top, so he's got these big, wide shoulders. Right. Um, and his head's kind of like sunken down beneath yeah. the arch a bit. His posture's fine. Oh, I guess his posture's actually pretty good, yeah. But, like, look at him here. It's just, I don't know. I think I could use a, something else. A, bit, a, little, a little more color, a little flair. A little more flair. It's just a black <laughs> suit. Like, he looks like Scarecrow. If I covered his face up, he looks like That's true. season four. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. 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 It, it translates it, it, into the comics decently well. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's... I think it's in line with all the other designs in the show, where it's yeah. very uh, limited and very... Uh... It's too... Oh, man, look at that. I Googled something and my own shit came up. Oh, there you go. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Famous, everybody. Yeah, what is that? I really... I'll be honest with you. When they started coming out with these, the new line of toys, the animated series toys, yeah, I did not buy the Old Man Bruce and Terry... Batman Beyond 2 set. Oh, wait. I'm going to Google that right now. It's super expensive. I'm not going to buy it. Just looking at it. Okay. Yeah. It's, there? Uh, oh, a 2 set. Yeah, that's it right there. So on... Uh, I don't know. Probably the virus is Mercari. Some weird website. It's 550 bucks. Yeah. Unopened. Yeah. It yeah. comes with Ace, too, though. It, so, it, there you go. You, oh, that makes it... That, yeah. <laughs> 50 by itself with Ace 550. Yeah, wow. I mean, the figures look pretty good. I don't yeah. know. Do they bend at the elbows? I think they do. Yeah, I think they've got all the same uh, pivot. Uh, points, points of articulation. Yeah, points of articulation that the, that line has, which are great. Yeah, all right. It's pretty good. So why is it so expensive? Are they? Because they don't make it anymore. I think it was I think it was limited, and they don't. Uh, right. It's You can't get it. 
I, I really regret not getting that, and I also really regret get, not getting the Phantasm set, which right. is equally out of print. So this is on eBay. It's a three-pack. The Phantasm set, you mean like when you got the Phantasm and revealed who the bad guy was before the movie actually came out? Oh, no, I mean like of the same same toys as these ones, but it was oh. a two-pack of Batman and Phantasm. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. Only 400 on eBay. Only 400 yeah. With a two-year protection plan. Yeah, it's funny. Look at Bruce's like gothy makeup designs. It's great. Those figures are great. I wish they look good, man. I wish McFarlane would would like reignite that line because those figures are really good. Yeah, and it would be nice to be able to buy them at a reasonable price. I know, man. Nice eyeliner, Bruce. <laughs> You're buying a yeah, I don't know, Ace. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know. Um, so you said you would draw. Well, what I would draw. I mean, would you re would you do the helmet or would you redesign Old Man Bruce? Uh, yeah, I'd redesign Which I don't think Bruce. we ever talked about before, so this is the first. Yeah, so I know that he's supposed to be... So Alright, so I did my Bruce in Men Beyond White Knight, and I drew him more heroic, and he's probably in his like early 60s. Tech he could technically have a six-pack, and he's kicking ass in jail for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, get good genes. A lot of setups. Yeah. A lot of setups. Yeah. Good, strong job. But I know that you wanted to that they wanted to make him slightly weaker and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, so they made him more jowly. It is the way his chin sort of juts down below his his uh, jaw. I don't know. He looks a little like he's chewing his gum when he, when he talks. Like he's kind of doing it like that. Yeah, like an old man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, it always bugged me. I think they made him too feeble. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, I would like him to be slightly more heroic looking. I like it because he's he effectively looks as though he's at any point going to tell you to get off of his lawn. Yeah. And I think that's the whole vibe of him in this show. Yeah. Which I, th I think works pretty well. Right. Yeah. So this is why we shouldn't do it in person because we're just looking at toys. Yeah. <laughs> we should put it in the water or two. Uh, what would I drink? Um, yeah, those look good. Yeah, that's a great Terry figure. The, the, the Terry figure looks great, but the Bruce figure—it's like a whole lot of nothing going on. Yeah, you have like a priest's, uh, like the simplicity of his sport jacket and his pants. It's like nothing going on. Like, give him a belt, give him some kind of flare on his the cuffs of his jacket or something. I don't know. Even the cane, like, there's nothing bat-ish about the cane. You could have easily made like a subtle bat. Something yeah. I don't know. Give him some like nice white spats on his shoes or something <laughs> to break yeah. up all the black spats. Yeah, he looks under designed compared to the other two. Yeah. So what were we gonna say? Uh, I was just like, what would I draw? Um, I don't know. It's kind of a. There's a lot of stuff that happens in it, but there's nothing that's really that dynamic about it. I mean, I guess the fight with Willie at the end is kind of fun, but even that doesn't really. Do anything that cool. It's got a little right. bit of manga anime in it, right. but um, yeah, I guess maybe I would do the fight at the end, right? Because that'd be kind of fun to do some of the tossing him around with his mind and stuff like that. What if let's go back to this? Bruce is too simple looking. Yeah. What if we remember in um Kingdom Come when he had hurt his back so much he's <laughs> wearing like a back brace, a sci-fi looking thing. And yeah. He held his chin up. What if he had some version of that in this cartoon. Mm. He's wearing um, some kind of brace that held him up. It's kind of sci-fi. Like, it was kind of cool looking, but yeah. it clearly, like, he needs it to stand up straight and this and that. It's under a suit. 
But make it visual. Yeah. So when you have the so action no, figure, no clothes. It's more full. Yeah, he's just totally naked. <laughs> what if the version of this instead he he needed help standing up? He always wore this thing. It was more than a cane. Uh, you had more yeah. of a visual representation of how he got so hurt by Batman. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I don't know. It that feels like it might be a bit too much. Yeah. Um, because he does sit down a lot. So I, yeah. Okay, it kind of, I I feel like they get across effectively that he's not in peak condition anymore. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a way to to complicate his design a little bit to make him more appealing. Yeah, because he just doesn't look that appealing. Platform shoes, but the ones that have like goldfish in them. Is this disco stew? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna write disco stud, but I ran out of room. Yeah. Uh, what would you give this one for a grade? Uh. The first half is kind of fun. Kind of wish it was a real ghost or something. Something a little bit more interesting. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably like a three, but um, it's like a low three, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's yet another three. Yeah. I feel like most 80% of these episodes are three. Yeah. It's just fine. Yeah, it's another one that ends fairly abruptly, too. I, I don't think you need much more at the end because it's just like they stop him and then you get the sad part where he's back in jail and nobody's coming to visit him. Right. And then you get a nice little happy moment with Terry and his brother. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got to say, when Terry threw the first of all, they were able to drink milk freely in jail. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. Um, when he throws his glass at him, I was like, that's kind of risky. Yeah. Uh, but when he was able to stop it using his mind powers, um, and Terry got him to reveal that he was able to do this. It's like oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's like that scene was going. It's like that scene in Superman Two. Yeah. I actually, I think this is a deleted scene from from one of the other versions. Deep cut. Where uh, uh, Lois Lane, she convinced that Clark is Superman, and to prove it, she pulls a gun on him and shoots him. Oh shit! Yeah, I thought she jumped off of something. That's else. that's what happens in the the. Official version, okay. but like the Donner version, <laughs> she, she, she pulls a gun on him and fires at him, and he kind of flinches, and then he you know, turns into Superman, uh-huh. and then he goes, you know, if you had been wrong, Clark Kent would have been killed. And then she goes, blanks. And I saw that, and I was like, where the fuck did she get a gun with blanks uh-huh. in Niagara Falls? Did she bring that? Hide them on the street? They sell it at every uh, superhero store, Clay. They're like Americans are going to come to the Canadian side. They're going to want to buy guns. Yeah, Canada though we can't sell. We can sell them blank guns though. All they all they sell in at Niagara Falls are guns with blanks and giant Superman symbols you can pull off of your chest and throw at people. <laughs> so wait, uh, why did he need to change into Superman? No, I, I like physically. Like he he straightens up and he takes his glasses off and he and he reveals himself to be Superman. He doesn't like open his shirt or anything. So, but when does she shoot him though? He's dressed as Clark Kent. And she shoots him. Yeah. And then, sorry, so she shoots a blank. So yeah. Clark is like, why does she have a gun on me? She pulls the trigger. Nothing hits him. And he decides to show her that he's Superman. Theoretically, if you want to get super yeah. comic book nerdy about I it, do. there's no reason why he should have fell for that. Yeah. Because he should have been able to see that the gun had no bullets in it. No right. accident. And even so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, like, so nothing hit him. Why? I need to see the scene. He wanted to tell her, man. You know, it's like it's the kind of thing where he just needed an excuse. There's a reason why he's deleted. You know, that. Also, that. But she throws herself off a 
cliff of some kind to she jumps into the, into the the river into Niagara Falls. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Have you been in Niagara before? I have once a long time ago. Did you think about that scene when you were there? I think I probably. I think I did actually. I did too. Yeah, that was my only ex- that understanding of Niagara Falls for a long time yeah. when I was a child. Yeah. But for me, and then there was that episode of The Office where Pam and Jim get married, and I that episode. No, no. I don't know. I'm happy they're getting married, but it's just, I always skip over that two-parter. Yeah. You don't like Brian wearing Kleenex boxes to the, to the ceremony? <laughs> what about that? Um, I think that's going to do it for Revenant. Uh, unless we talk about the real issue with Revenant, which is that Tom Hardy didn't get nominated for a Best Supporting Actor, or didn't win. Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio ain't shit in that movie. But right. anyway, yeah. that's a different podcast. Uh, we'll be right back with Battle. Okay, this one is Babel, written by Stan Berkowitz, directed by Kurt Gaeta. And in this one, seeking vengeance, Shriek uses his knowledge of sound to take away Neo-Gotham's ability to verbally communicate. His price for returning things to normal is the life of Batman himself, while discrediting him as a hero. So, having written the story with Shriek, mm. uh, anything interesting come to your mind while you were watching this? Um, this is the first Shriek, Shriek episode you've seen since your book has been out. Yes. Um, the thing that came to mind watching this is this felt like a very classic Batman story. And the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking uh, sort of what I wanted to talk about that I referenced in the last episode. Yeah. I think Shriek is the best Batman Beyond villain. Yeah. Because the other ones, he's the only one that really sticks and feels like a Batman villain. Yeah. And the other ones are kind of disposable. Like, they yeah. brought back Willie yeah. Watt. No good. No good. Well, Ink would have been good. Ink is good. But Ink is good. And they will bring it back. Yeah. But it's so far, it's Ink and Shriek are the only two that really, like, even... Um, so they mentioned Mad Stan. At the she's not Stan. He's not in it. Yeah. They just mentioned it. So I guess... This is one of the episodes he appears in. Mm, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, but like even uh Derek Powers is essentially gone from the show at this point. Yeah, you know, in my mind I thought him as um Terry's biggest villain because of what he did to his father. Yeah. But yeah, Powers is really off the table for most of the series. Yeah, I don't know. Does he come back? Because it seems like they just decided to go a different way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad because his blight. He, he, I don't. I don't even know where he is. Is well, he in jail? I think. I think his son is in charge of the company now. Isn't that where they leave it at the end of the last season? Yeah, yeah. I recall that. 
Man, if we were better at this, we would have been more prepared for this question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of these things go in your one ear and out the other when you watch these. But things. but Terry doesn't have his Joker. He doesn't have a right. constant reminder right. of like, oh, this guy is giggling and he's weird and he's colorful. This is the exact opposite. This is why I do what I do. Yeah. Like the Joker being there in the background always is like keeping Batman moving forward. Right. And Terry doesn't have that that, that villain. Yeah, and even in this, they do give you a little bit of a flashback to the death of his dad. That's right. this one, right? Yeah. Um, and I forgot how his dad died. It's is he get does he get killed by the Joker gang? Yeah, I think. You know, I'm getting mixed up with my story versus the right. canon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Powers had him killed. Wait, that I don't remember actually. Was it a random act of violence, or was? Terry's dad killed on purpose by Powers. I think Powers is involved because that sets up Powers to be his nemesis. Talking as slowly as possible. I know. I'm Googling trying to figure out what happened. You're doing happens. well. You're doing well, man. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. The first thing I Googled somehow brought up a bunch of video game uh, Madden, Madden stuff. Yeah. Till <clears throat> returns home to find his father murdered, ostensibly by the Joker, as he later discovers that Derek Powers, who has assumed leadership of emerged Wayne Powers, ordered Ward's death after the latter discovered Powers' plan to mass-produce biological weapons. So it was Derek Powers killed his father, or had his father killed, and blamed it on the Jokers. So blamed it on the Jokers, but he didn't hire Jokers. Uh, right. Unclear. Okay. <laughs> so the Mr. Fix, then, if I with the... Um, brass knuckles. Oh yeah, maybe that's who it was. Maybe it was that guy. Did he have that guy do it? Yeah, I mean, sure. Let's say yes. Yeah. Well, in my book, I had that guy do it. Did that? Did that make it all the way through the Mister Phipps thing? Oh, Mister Phipps is in issue one. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, issue two. It's more of a cameo, but for longtime viewers, that they'll they'll know what that is. Yes. Nice. But yeah, Shriek is. He's the the one who feels like a classic Batman villain. This whole episode. He's got a thing. He's got a clear edge on sound. He's a sound guy. He's got a good design. They even even had the the big climax take place in a building in the shape of a giant tuning. Yeah, that was very Adam West. Yeah, which is is great. I've been watching that show, the 66 Batman show, a lot while I've been working out. And that show is awesome. It's so good. So awesome, ironically, or... It's legitimately good. Like it's it's a very enjoyable show. Well, the thing is, it knows exactly what it is. You know, yeah. the silliness. You're, you're better at disconnecting and enjoying things than I am. I think. I mean, it's silly on purpose. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, if you're going in expecting Batman: The Dark Knight, you're going to be disappointed. But it's like that's what I went in expecting. <laughs> that's the show from shark repellent, but in a serious way. Okay. <laughs> no, I know you're right. I know you're right. It's hard. Like I, this is the same reason why I have a hard time enjoying kung fu movies and mm-hmm. some of the stuff. You're supposed to just uh, reset your expectations and just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm glad of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's meant to be funny. It's like it's yeah. When you really get into that show and see what they're doing, it's it's Batman is hilariously square. Like yeah. he's constantly talking about like making sure you pay, put money in the parking meter. Even the Batmobile needs to pay for parking and stuff like that. All right. He's like he's yeah. the most nerdy square guy in Gotham City, essentially, who also right. solves all their crimes for them. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and all the bad guys, all the bad guys who aren't like the main villains are like hippies. 
So right. it's very much like the square cop against the hippie. Kind yeah, of thing. It's, it's very much Reaganism before Reagan. Yeah, it's it's definitely a a, a tongue in cheek, uh, right. authority flip yeah. in the in the '60s kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So there were three seasons of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are more episodes of PAS than there were of Adam West. No. Okay. I don't. Uh, every season of that show, I think, is like. 25 episodes so 75 episodes of adam west and i think there's more episodes of tas actually yeah see how many episodes there were all right i'm going to start speaking slowly (laughs) um it was fun today because we're hanging out you're helping me put zorro together Mm -hmm. and um yeah recording these podcasts um Hmm. man i side note i'm still having a hard time my head around why Robocop 2 was so bad. You know, Clay's a massive Robocop fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right to be a Robocop fan. It is pretty amazing. But watching the sequel today, it's beyond awful. And the only thing I can think walking away from it is Frank Miller is not that bad of an actor. He wasn't being a The little really stuff bad. they asked him to do it was kind of convincing, you know? He's yeah. by far not the worst thing in that movie. The worst thing is the way the script ended up happening, which is supposedly not Frank Miller's fault. Yeah, it really um that that's a movie that really is in, in search of a direction. Yeah. Uh but the stuff like it's a if you can watch it as a bunch of funny vignettes and movies yeah. Robocop. Like it, SNL with Robocop. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um but if you're if you're looking for something that's anywhere close to cohesive, like the right. first one ends, you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. And I can understand why they made his costume blue with gold. Undertones. It's yeah, I think they weird. He needs to more, more like a cop. Cops are blue. Let's make them blue. Yeah, I think it. So that that sort of like um, purple look is in the first one, but they, it's just they dialed it up for the second one for some reason. I'm not okay. really sure why. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't. It makes them look. I think it makes them look a lot more plasticky. Yeah. Uh, there was a hundred and twenty episodes of the Adam Wings back. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to find how many episodes of 120. Yeah, how many episodes of TAS there was. Uh, probably less. I mean, if you count Justice League and some of the movies, then probably more. But assuming Batman has 24 episodes per season, that's 100 at most. Yeah. So Adam West had more. Yeah, the second season was 60 episodes of that, of the Adam West show, which is very long. Second season is 60 episodes? 60 episodes, yeah. So second season of Batman had more, didn't it? Uh, I think the first season of Batman animated series had 60 episodes. Right. So when I write Batman, it's such a great yeah, podcast. No, right? <laughs> we should do these more often. Or we just both Google stuff for here arguing, the arguing over who had more episodes. So season one had 60. And then, uh, this is the Batman animated series. I can't do this. This is bad radio. I'm just going to let you do it while I keep talking. Crowd. <laughs> Oh man! You know, when, when I look at your art, hundred and nine. Okay, uh, now we can talk again. Okay, good. <laughs> the podcast continue. What is on your phone? All right, it's just earwax. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, I thought this episode was actually pretty good. Mm. Um. I was impressed with the action. I liked. Um. The 
the, the set pieces, of course, mm -hmm. I thought that it dialed up the stakes really well. I didn't like uh, Shriek's assistant having orgasms with like a Ollie? sexual tuning fork. Yeah. yeah. Which is Michael Rosenbaum again. Is that him again? Yeah. Wow, the guy is just out to do creepy voices. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> First, he hit on my ladies in San Diego 15 years ago. And I was, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, I, so I know what I want to draw is that there was a scene where there's a crane on top of a building that falls and Tara uses the Batmobile to, to shoot grappling hooks into it, to catch it and to like stop it from hitting the street too hard. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, it, it slows the descent, but it doesn't stop the descent. And then some guy in the crane falls uh, again on the top and he's like dangling from, and I'm a big sucker for, um, big vertical panels oh, sure. where you have hanging things happening and you know, cars driving up, you know, I'm sorry, like a hover car flying up and down. So mm -hmm. the whole sequence of that was really great action. Yeah. Um, I love that shit. Did you have anything to say that you want to draw? Um, I like that stuff. Again, with Shriek, it's tough because like he's so, he's a sound based villain, uh, which is tough to do. Uh, I just want to draw Ollie having a good time. Just enjoying himself. Nice. Um, I I want to draw the Batman and Terry text thread. <laughs> the sound stuff felt very Twin Peaks. Yeah, well, yeah, the way that they start talking in weird tongues, yeah, it yeah. was a little bit of that, that vibe to it. But I mean, it, that's one of the like I find I think this is one of the more inventive episodes they've done. Yeah, I think I agree because you've got Shriek who's putting this uh, sound-based hex on the, the entire city that makes everybody not be able to understand each other, talking yeah. gibberish, which is very kind of classic Batman, but works really well for him. Mm -hmm. It works really well in the show. Um, and so it forces them to have to communicate over text, basically. Yeah. And you've got the scene with the crane falling and the old woman is trying to alert the cop, mm. and he yeah. doesn't understand what she's saying and that kind of stuff. I like that... Um... Uh, Shriek has to take off his hearing aids to because he sets the sound fork, the, 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 the fork, whatever he turns on, he dials it up to 11. Yeah, so everybody in Gotham's in pain because they're hearing this screeching noise, mm -hmm. and he actually takes his uh, handy his headphones off so he can't hear anything. But then he misses the uh fact that the buildings behind him are crumbling and it's going to fall on him, and Terry's yelling at him and he can't hear a fucking thing. And that's yeah, what causes his death. That was the only part I didn't like. Okay, um, I like it in concept, but I kind of feel like if you can't hear anything, you're still going to physically feel a building falling down behind you. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea, but good show, man. I know. I don't know. I think that's pretty clever for a kid show. Yeah, but those buildings were there people in them? No idea. Yeah. So when I first saw them as a town, I'm like, is that like a antenna where there's nobody inside? Because I can't get a sense of scale when I saw the It's and in order for it to work, again, this is splitting hairs in a Batman cartoon. But like in order for it to work as a tuning fork, it needs to vibrate. Yeah. So is it built to do that? Or does it just coincidentally look like a tuning fork? Yeah. It has to have speakers in it. Yeah. To move. The whole thing because he puts his hand up to it and he can feel the humming. Yeah. Yeah. So does that mean that anything that is shaped like a football goalpost can be used as a tuning fork? Yeah. Don't you know anything about science? Apparently not. 
Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, again, I mean, it's it, it fits into the Batman thing. Like, I didn't bat an eye when they go to the giant tuning fork ship buildings. Yeah. Of course, of course, that's where Shriek is. is Bruce not catch that. Honestly. I know. Yeah, <laughs> man, the the the. the Brandon Branson family retired on that one when they sold that. <laughs> Closing it down. We sold the tuning fork building. Yeah. Going to Hawaii. That's like grandkid money right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Well, you know, I'm not leaving a cent to my kids because they got to work for themselves. I always believe that. Oh, man. Um, what would you rate this episode? This one full. Really, I like this one a lot. This one, it just it it's the it really feels like a classic Batman story. Yeah. Um, and it's well, it starts off, it starts and it ends really nicely too with that yeah. story of uh, Batman. You kind of come in at the tail end of the story that Batman's telling about Robin saving his life. Oh yeah. But he doesn't really want to talk about it any further, and then yeah. at the end you get the same kind of thing where we just ask Terry a question and he doesn't want to. Talk about it because he's too busy playing that BMX video game on top of his bat suit. <laughs> Terry's fixing his bat suit, but the he's got like this. It looks like you rip off your BMX handlebars and mm -hmm. shove it into a plastic box cooler, and then there are two little tines coming out the other end, and it's like slowly putting together. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, it's over designed way to sew a suit together. Basically, first <laughs> right. Let me redesign that. But it was yeah, because you, you get this nice bit where. What it comes down to is, is Terry going to sacrifice himself yeah. to save the city and go give himself over to Shriek? So, if they solve the problem and he doesn't have to, yeah. the question remains, was he going to do that? So the big emotional moment in the episode was when Barbara calls Bruce and she says that Shriek wants Batman. Mm -hmm. And Bruce goes... This kid's done everything for the city. Like He, he verbalizes his support for Terry, which mm -hmm. Bruce doesn't willingly do often. right the right. kid kind of plays it close to the best so for terry to hear that bruce is fighting to defend him and really proud of him for all the stuff he's done like the moment i kind of wish they leaned into that a bit more yeah in some way because yeah. i think this is a very good episode this is i think this might be a top 10 of the series i would i think but so. i still don't think it's a five yeah it's missing the emotional element that part yeah. of ice has and i feel like if terry was starting to doubt himself because Bruce never gave him assurance or whatever. And then, I don't know, something something in that vein. Yeah, I think there's 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 missing there's a lot of plot, but the story is kind of yeah. thin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um because what's missing is something something that Terry's dealing with at the beginning. Yeah. That follows him through this and then is ultimately resolved at the end of it, whether that's yeah. emotional or whatever. Um yeah. some sort of thing he's talking about with Bruce. Like I, I like the thing with the story that they're telling, but I don't know if it I feel like maybe that's they could have fashioned that story to be thematically more yeah. important or uh relevant. Right. Um you know the same for the previous episode when Matt, his brother, um talks about let's revive dad. Mm -hmm. There's a nice emotional moment where you they acknowledge that their father's gone and the kids aren't over it yet. Right. And um, I would say more of that stuff, please. Like, that's yeah. really nice. That stuff to let the story breathe and let it set in. Yeah. But the, the nature of this series is moving so quick paced into action scene to action scene with crazy guitar solos. It's like, 
I feel like they're purposely not doing that stuff because they think kids don't want to hear it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it goes into what we've talked about a lot before where this seems to just be a, a just by design a much more faster paced show yeah. than TAS was. Yeah. TAS is a lot more deliberate in a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for better or worse, they're losing something. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I think there's a lot of stuff they could get into. I really liked um, in the dream sequence. There's this weird, like, church organ music playing. Yeah. With, like, monks singing. I like that, too. We don't know what that was doing in there. It felt like Pure Moods was playing. <laughs> yeah, I looked down for a second, and I heard that music, and I was like, is he supposed to meet Shriek at the church or something? Like, what? where is this coming? And he's just having a dream about the day that his father died. Yeah. Very strange. It's nice, because it's not wailing guitar solo music. Like yeah, everyone else in the yeah. tune. Um, I do like that they refer to Shriek as Shriek, the sound genius with an unsound mind. Mm, yeah. That's that's a great line. The news reporter said that. Yeah. You know, it's a fun. great intro if you were going to intro him as a wrestler. <laughs> the sound genius with the unsound mind. Yeah. So let's talk about, so the news uh, reporter said that. Mm -hmm. The guy on the news, they, they have a way of animating the faces uh they set them into the picture behind the thing they're reporting on. Yeah. So you have, they, but they only draw the shiny parts of the face. They let the dark parts of the face fall to the background. But that's right. where you can see the building on fire or the crossing guard, you know, strangling a kid, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, um, it's a, it's a creative challenge to animate something that way. But I wonder, like, story-wise, what what the thought was because that's such a you're going a long way like let's reinvent how news is you know yeah. visualized yeah i don't know if it's good or not but i know it's very interesting i've never seen anyone else do it other than this show yeah i think it does make it feel futuristic because it makes the yeah. the news anchor feel like yeah very um inhuman yeah like a like it it's an like android or max headbro yeah you hear the news or something. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's cool yeah i've never seen that done in anything else yeah um did you do that in your book? Did you do any new stuff? I can't remember. I I planned to at the beginning because um, I feel like the new stuff is help, helpful because it does a lot of heavy lifting on like where is Gotham at? Where yeah. is the, psych, the psychology of the average citizen? And you can kind of quickly encompass that by having a news guy. But I did it in Punk Punk Jesus. I did it in White Knight. And I'm like, eh, it's kind of a tired trope that everyone steals from Mike Miller. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I ended up using it here. Um but I thought about doing it if I needed it, but I ended up not eating it. Yeah. We should have done the whole last issue as a giant news report. Yeah. From eyewitnesses. Yeah. What do you think about... Um, this is why they don't let me write my own books. In, in, in plots sometimes, you have mm -hmm. characters that are like, well, what do we do now? What do we do this? And suddenly you hear the news pop on and the news reporter says exactly the thing that the person's missing. Like, do they yeah. give you the piece yeah. of color? In today's news, so-and-so... They hit and run and blah blah blah, and the first like, oh my god, that's the thing we're looking for. Yeah, it just comes in very conveniently. It's very, yeah, my favorite is when like someone gets a phone call and they're like, oh my god, are you watching the news? And they go, no. And then they turn the news on at exactly the point where the anchor explains what's going on. But if the person who called them told them to watch the news, right. they've already given them that information. Yeah, rewind it like two seconds. Yeah, because that's when I freaked out and decided to call you. Yeah. No, that stuff is, I find that stuff very right. convenient and very fun. The one that gets me is when you, on TV and movies, on the telephone, no one ever says, bye. 
They just hang up on each other. Yes. Because I'll say bye, and you say bye, and you know we're cool, and we're still friends, and then we hang up. Mm-hmm. TV movies, they don't do that at all. They're no like, time. here's plot, plot, plot. Okay. Like, <laughs> everybody in a movie said bye, it would be a four-hour movie. Bye. Bye. You hang up. Oh, you hang up. It's not dramatic to say bye. You have to, like, clap the phone shut if it's 1999. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a good one. I... I'm I'm I know we've talked about this a bit before, but I, I'm still trying to figure out why Terry doesn't have that many good villains. Because yeah. um, I, I just got finished playing the Miles Morales Spider-Man game, mm-hmm. which is really good, but it kinda made me feel I don't read the comic I don't read the the Miles comics, so I don't know I could be talking on my ass here. But it didn't really give me the impression that Miles has many villains that are unique to him. Mm. Because the same villain in the game, more or less, the, one of two villains in the game is the same villain from Spider-Verse. So clearly, okay, the Prowler is the key villain for Miles. Yeah. But I don't know of any other ones. And I was, I was, I was like, why is that? Because, I mean, there's so much to do. Does he have his own versions of um, the Hunter? Or at this point, I think he's just in the regular continuity. So I think he's just yeah. Spider-Man villains, right? Um, but I, I, it made it made me think about Batman Beyond because I was like, I'm, why is the the pool so shallow for villains for these characters when it feels like yeah, it should really blow things open? And ironically, I feel like they. We talked about this before, but I recall them saying they wanted to design Beyond villains to be like future Spider-Man villains. Right. Yeah. Um, but we never found any proof of that. No, it's it's funny the overlap too, especially because my, one of Miles's powers is he can turn invisible. Yeah. Which is yeah. what Terry can do. But right. So it's all one big incestuous yeah. idea. You know, like going back to Bruce talking about Robin showing up the last minute. That just makes me want to inject more TAS into this. Yeah. I want Terry to hear Bruce's stories and learn from them. And I don't know why they didn't go into that. Mm. I know they felt like, let's not, let's try to avoid that. Let's make Terry his own thing. I get that. Mm-hmm. But Bruce is so compelling. And, and Terry would gain a lot from these stories. Yeah. And you get the bonus of like Bruce telling a story, you get. TIS flashbacks and stuff we've never seen before. Like, how is that not a win? Honestly, yeah. that would have made the entire series better if they had indulged in that. Yeah, and they don't really. I, I think there's more meat on the bone to have Terry interact with, especially Barbara. Mm-hmm. But like, you never see Nightwing. You never yeah. see Tim. Yeah. You never see Catwoman. Yeah. These are all characters that I feel like he could learn stuff from. And they did it for Return of the Joker. Right. And Return yeah. of the Joker is the best Batman Beyond yes. thing there is. Pretty, so, pretty much objectively. You yeah. Why handicap yourself like that? Yeah. I know you've got this moral. You feel like you need to like defend Terry and give him his own universe. But like, really, though? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish there was more interaction with Barbara. Because she is Commissioner Gordon yeah. here. And he doesn't really interact. With, he doesn't interact with her nearly, nearly as much because yeah. he's interact with Bruce all the time. Right. So it would be it would be nice if he yeah split his time a little bit more with with home. Yeah. Or maybe an episode where he's in a fight with Bruce and he decides to go to Barbara for you know for for her opinion. 
Mm -hmm. She gives him a case to solve. So he's working for Barbara for once and that presses Bruce off. Like maybe Terry is a subplot to the whole series where Terry is trying to piece together what happened to break the family apart. Mm -hmm. But I know that they uh, addressed all that in Return of the Joker. Mm -hmm. It would have been great to have that subplot always in the background. Like the X-Files way was like, ooh, what's happened to his sister, you know? Yeah. But they kept it shallow. They kept it as like, let's just keep him moving forward. Terry's got a villain of the week. He fights the guy. We play some music. He goes to high school. Bruce mm-hmm. does something that's reminding you, remind you of old Batman, and that's it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like they they handicap themselves unnecessarily for this whole series. Yeah, I wish uh, it would be great if if there's an episode where uh, Terry needed some help. Let's say he's in a fight with Bruce. Yeah. And he he picks up the bat phone and he calls Dick. And you cut to Dick Grayson, who's yeah. like in his fifties. Yeah, he's a bartender and at a beachfront bar in Jamaica, like a cocktail. Mm-hmm. And you see, he picks up his phone. It says Bruce, and then he just hits reject call. Oh, What's it now? Nice. <laughs> he was a bartender in uh, a comic recently, but he had amnesia, so instead of calling himself Dick, he called himself Rick. That's Rick, right, Rick yeah. Grayson. Yeah, yeah, Rick Grayson. Yep. Yeah. I know that. People, man, I remember when they did that. People lost their fucking minds. Why do people who read comics? I apologize, everyone, but the people who read comics not know how comic books work. Like how so? Like anytime they do something like this, where it's like Dick Grayson is no longer Dick Grayson, he's Rick Grayson, and people lose their minds. Like how dare you? Yeah. And it's like wait. Eight months, yeah, a year tops, right? And he'll be Dick Grayson at the end of the year. You're talking about Captain America being a Nazi and how he's clearly not a Nazi. You're not gonna make him. It's so many preemptive, yeah, um, reactions based on stories that they don't let play out. And and not to mention, like, it's comic books, it's gonna revert back to the way it was in a year because comics is like a male soap opera where Wednesday Warriors want to come in and. Get your moan about things. It's like Days of Our Lives at General Hospital mm-hmm. with superheroes. And I feel like this is my wife's argument, not mine. Mm. I feel like she's she's right. Oh no, definitely. Oh, it's definitely a, a soap opera. You just need drama to mull over with your buddies every Wednesday. But see, that's different. Okay. Because I feel like mulling over the drama of a story yeah. is different from uh burning down the world because they made a change to the story that you haven't read yet. You know what I mean? Okay. Where it's like, it's like when people get mad about casting decisions before they watch the movie. Right. It's like, okay, well, you're getting mad about something that you don't have any experience in because you haven't watched it or read it yet. You get to the end of it and you think it was stupid, more power to you. So we'll take the Captain America being a Nazi example. Mm -hmm. When that hit, in my example here, I could be wrong. I would hope that 95% of readers knew what you're saying oh just i would hope yeah it's like whatever we're not gonna freak out yeah the few that chose to react radically went online and twitter and you know the dog pile people yeah. complain and that's what got headlines right and it gives the impression everyone is freaking out about this thing no 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 five percent of the idiots are freaking out because they're bored it's true but i do think that especially on twitter there is like a ripple effect yeah. where there's the 5% of people who are the loudest, yeah. but eventually that ripples out to everybody feels like they need to address it yeah. in some way right. to make it 
You're right. To making them appear like they're yeah. up on what's going on. It's yeah. it's where the conversation in comics is, yeah. unfortunately. Like, we're not all there at the bar together, so we're sort of like, where is the mass text thread happening? Yeah. How is happening on Twitter? And even though the idiots hog the, the, the microphone, we're all sucked into, now we're all talking about it. Yeah. Because that's just what happens. So you've got where you've got where the rock hits the hits the lake, which is the loudest specific about the incident. Right. And then the furthest ripple are the people who just like yeah. make snarky comments that half mention what's going on. It's like right. a subtweet under a subtweet kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> what are we doing? What is, what is this the best thing we can do with our time? Is there a healthy outrage and discussion of comics? Healthy comic debates in, in shops where people are like, oh, Scott's or Superman flesh. I don't know. Whoops. Or is it all just toxic now? I hope it's not. The, the, the other stuff is fun. Yeah. Happy to argue about who's faster. You know? Yeah. What if Juggernaut hits Puck? The immovable object hits a unstoppable force. Oh, you mean Blob? Sure. Thank you. The immovable, for the immovable object meets the unstoppable force. Yeah. yeah. That's the Blob? Yeah, I thought it was Puck. I know what Puck does. He's Canadian. Yeah, he's got hairy arms. That's, that's his. I know he's smaller than Wolverine. He wears a weird leotard. Um, he's got a big P on it. Yeah. Go, go, come to the next episode if you want to know what the deal with Puck is. It's not looking it up. We, we did too many things already. We're just going to remain ignorant on Puck. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I that's that's just a thing. I, it, it it just always bugs me because it's like yeah, articles that are out there for um. Like to to this this didn't get any traction, but right. when I saw this article the other day, we were talking about this. I can't remember if we mentioned this on the other show we just recorded, mm -hmm. but the article that I came across that said um, it's official: Catwoman is a professional wrestler in the White Knight universe. Oh right, yeah. Like I feel like that entire article was made specifically to for people to go, wait a minute, yeah. Uh -uh, I don't think so. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but. It, it's the nature of the beast, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we just can't control the news and the headlines and comics. They they want clickbait, basically. So yeah. they're gonna contort what you and I say and draw conclusions where there are none. And you know, honestly, you and I talk a lot about the books that we're working on in White Knight. And I'm very honest here, and I, I give all kinds of spoilers, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of creators don't do that, so. Um, yeah, it's, maybe it's my own fault. I like, mm -hmm. can give them stuff to 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 run mm -hmm. with sometimes. But I like, the theory is if I give them enough stuff, they'll be overwhelmed with it and they won't won't run with anything. Yeah, you know. I'm worried that because I know myself. Yeah. The more interviews that I end up doing, yeah, the quicker I'm going to start wanting to work the interviewer and mm -hmm. just start seeing what headlines I can generate with bullshit. Yeah. Which yeah. feels real fun, but right. it might be destructive. <laughs> yeah, it won't be hard, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the interviewers aren't doing fact checks. They just photo buttons, whatever you tell them. They're not getting paid a whole lot. Yeah. You know? I'll just have to start giving different answers for everything. Yeah. For Catalans the same questions. Catalans are prostitute. Catalans are man. Mm -hmm. Woman's Batman. Catalans. All at the same time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just see who runs with what. And then you read the book, and he's like, oh, my God, she's all of those things. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this would be a four for me. Yeah, four from you. It's a high four. Yeah, it's funny because I think it's a top ten, but I'm still like giving it a five. Yeah, yeah. It's just these ep the Batman Beyond episodes are just missing, yeah. uh, missing, missing some sort of zip to them. Yeah, but this zip. this is the closest I think we've gotten in a while, at least. I still maintain that the opening episode 
of the series was a five mm -hmm. with bruce has a gun and he's having anxiety oh yeah panic attack, yep. heart attack whatever it is yeah there are two fives so far in this i think yeah yeah i don't remember what they are no i don't write this stuff down pilot and then there was another one i gave it a five because i like i i qualified it by saying it's not hard advice but this is a beyond five yes that does sound familiar yeah. and uh we can kill another 15 minutes while we try to look it up and remember yeah <laughs> uh, i think that's gonna do it for us on the show today thank you guys for listening um keep your ears open we're gonna do it we're gonna have a special episode coming out uh probably the next episode we put out i would guess yeah, where we do a bit of a, a breakdown and postmortem on on uh, Beyond the White Knight and uh, some of the other stuff in that mm -hmm. vein, and we talk about the the gun verse. Yeah, we talk about the James Gunn stuff a bit. Yeah, we're we're both very interested and also confused by it, which is the best way to be. Yeah, think. yeah, I'm happy to see something different being tried. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Clay. And we'll be back next time with Terry's Friend Dates a Robot and Eyewitness. Wait, it's actually called Terry's Friend Dates a Robot? Terry's Friend Dates a Robot. And Eyewitness? And Eyewitness. Okay. Eyewitness. Okay.